to Big Feelings, the podcast where two prematurely crotchety weirdos in exile talk about parenting and other weird, gross, and interesting things. Thanks for joining us today. (laughs) (laughs) You are so NPR right now. You got your glasses on, your coffee. I I forgot to crack open my... I I even have a pen because I'm taking notes. look at you. Little things I want to talk about. Totes profesh. We launched last week. I tried to think of, because a lot of podcasts say housekeeping when they talk about this stuff, but I didn't know if that was trademarked. So I'm going to call it, let's clean out our backpacks. (laughs) Because you know how that goes. I just had a conversation this morning with somebody. I was like, oh, I don't, I don't carry a purse, but I'm hauling around this huge ass backpack. Yeah. I'm like, well, what's in your backpack? Oh, just crumbs and. Well, and old clothes, probably some dirty diapers. And <laughs> we had to, Clem had a perfectly good backpack that she used for day camp last summer. And then we started noticing this smell and it was going to be this oh. backpack she's going to use for school. And mm-hmm. a banana had been in it for two weeks and it smelled like <laughs> it had fermented. It was like an alcoholic smell. Mm. And then I, and I also didn't clean out their backpacks from like the school year before until mm-hmm. I would say August at some point. A really good sign uh, that you need to start cleaning that stuff out is fruit flies that will hover <laughs> around the area for some unexplained reason. <laughs> yeah, a little cloud of fruit flies. It wasn't fruit fly season, but I was. I was just like, God, does that smell? And then I was like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, so cleaning out our backpacks, we got our social media going. And mm-hmm. I just want to thank everybody who's been supporting us. And the feedback has been better than I ever imagined it would be. Unless these people are just lying to you. It's so funny thing. I was talking to a friend last night and I was like, everyone loves it or they're lying to me. Either way is fine. Fine. Lie to to my face. Lie to me. It's okay. Um, So yeah, shout out to Rosemary G. She really made me happy and I value her opinion when it comes to podcasts so much. And so when she told me she liked it, I actually started to, I cried just a little bit. I like welled up. So thanks everybody. Thanks, Mary. <laughs> yeah. And her screaming daughter dot. And okay. Today you were talking about money. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Cause we have too much of it. It's <laughs> <laughs> that is a problem. It's mo a problem. money, mo problems. Just where do we put any of this money that we have? It's, and no money, no problems. We're like one of those shady car dealerships. So no credit, I, no money. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> no problems. My big dilemma right now is that I have a middle schooler now. So she just went into sixth grade and we are now at this point of needing to support her in raising funds for the cookie dough drive or magazines or um, Tupperware. <sighs> And I don't want this shit. I don't care. I don't want it. But then they tell the kids, oh, you could get a robot dog if you sell 45 God. orders. And the shit that <laughs> so they she thinks rewards. that there's just, oh my God, that she's going to get this stuff. Oh. So well, really? But that's At just 12, the- she still thinks that she's going to get it off. I mean, I, yeah, she's I think been so. through this cookie dough fucking pyramid. I think she puts before. it in her head. She puts it in her head that mm. that's going to happen. And then she ends up not asking anybody. Well, and then it's fucked up because they have an assembly where they hand out these prizes. It is true. I think that's... They have a hyped up like yeah. pep rally bam, about bam, bam. it. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Who's going to sell the most cookies? 
you get maybe, a robot dog. Maybe. You get a robot dog, and you don't get a robot dog because you're horrible. You opted out of this poor. fundraiser. Because mm-hmm. I think that there are people that just buy the shit. And oh it's yeah, like, and then you get yeah that, that robot dog falls apart immediately, bursts into flames, <laughs> and it's like a two dollar item. And the people like the Charleston wrap. I've, it is really high quality wrapping paper for fifteen dollars a roll. Is it really? Uh, oh, gotta get me some of that wrapping paper. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I was poo pooing it, and then another wonderful buddy, Robin, shout out. Was like I actually really want some of the wrapping paper. Can I order some? And I was like, Oh, dude, I do wrapping paper. Okay. Really, is the one it thing that used. I would always, yeah, use yeah. it up. Yeah. Anyways, so okay, Tupperware. Too, I mean, is it good? How's so, the Tupperware? I don't fucking know. It's horrible. I'm sure oh. that it's like you know, go to the dollar store yeah. and just leaky. <laughs> Gross. That's how you end up with uh-huh. a banana wine. <laughs> you put, put use that Tupperware. Yeah, like we use, I used some really cute watching my Tupperware in Clem's lunch and put raspberries in it, and there was like raspberry fluid <laughs> all over the lunchbox. So, yay. So I don't want this stuff, but okay, so this is like the tip of the iceberg here because. The money that yeah, we go back and we look at how much money we've, well, we don't usually do you that. Are we don't really. I'm budgeting. totally lying. I we pretend. Don't do that. I just pretend it's, it's fine. Oh, it's totally fine. Money's just like we don't water. Look at My it, bank account's fine. like a colander. I think money just kind of flows. Uh, it doesn't well, ever stay anywhere. <laughs> so we've got, okay, so there's school photos. Like, why do we still pay money to have our children's picture taken? At school. That is weird to me. Uh, mm. We've got field trips that we have to pay for. We have to, oh, we have to buy the kids gym clothes. Uh, we have to. Is, is that a junior high thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Junior high. They, have oh, to pay no. For does she have clothes. to like change? Yes. And, oh, my it's, God. Yeah. She has no idea yet because it's next semester. So she okay. has no. Oh, honey. I know. Oh, I know. You have no. to get undressed and dressed. Oh, and, and that's oh, like the worst. The. We've been Worst. watching Big Mouth, which I highly recommend if anybody isn't watching it. You specifically, though, with a child going through puberty. Uh-uh. I can't watch those things. No, you should. It's, no. Yes. I'm not going to. Why? Because I can't. It just it taints it's, my view. No. No, it won't taint. It taint. <laughs> it's, it's an animated show on Netflix with Nick Kroll and Jason Mansukis and uh, oh. Maya Rudolph. And it's amazing. Please watch it. Oh, I wouldn't. All you had to do was say Jason Manzucas, right? Big mouth, Mm -hmm. super filthy. It's very dirty. The language is delightfully great. Sounds like it's right up my alley. But it deals with stuff like girls get horny too, and the main character gets her period on a field trip. So animated, yeah. What's happening? What's oh, it's Hmm. so good. Okay, but yeah. Oh my god, changing. Oh, the, oh God. Oh. I remember yeah. we used to um, just pretend we'd splash water on our shoulders and be like, yeah, I shower, I look. But do they, I don't think they force you to shower anymore. Mm. Do they? No. I hope not because that was so nightmarish. No, I don't think they do anymore. And, and also to, to be in a position to see so many naked bodies at a time when the bodies look so different mm-hmm. and... Yeah. yeah, and the boobs are all over the place, and some people have pubes and some don't. And, oh my! I'm just uh, having I'm having like full God. on PTSD flashbacks right now <laughs> to all of the th- all of the things oh that were happening God. in that locker room. 
Yeah, let's put a bunch of twelve uh, and thirteen year old girls in a weird gray gulag feeling. It's always a gulag room. feeling, isn't it? Because yeah. it's all cement and the yeah. lighting and is really low, and, and and then also too because I'm old, and so this would have been in the late eighties where there were so many. I had a butane powered curling iron in case my bangs started to droop because I had those constructed rooster comb bangs. Uh huh. I had those and so too. I would like click it and fire it up, and people were QT was happening. The like orange jelly self tanner. Oh. And like the frosted lipstick that was geological and layers of like you had to put your base and it was so gloppy and oh my gosh you were, were so, so much so fancier rough. than I was I mean but it was misguided so it was so did you like wear makeup and stuff when you were in middle school yeah <laughs> yeah I've always been into hair and makeup and yeah. expressing myself in that way. It took a few years to figure out that I am a fair and not a medium. I was really into Debbie Gibson and she had her own line of makeup out of oh. Natural Wonders. Mm-hmm. And Debbie Gibson, um, <laughs> I can't remember that. I would. I think I'm a spring and Debbie Gibson's a fall. Let's just say that like there was a lot of peach and yes. I cannot wear peach and I feel like I finally kind of got it figured out. I'm 43, so that's great. Not anyway, that <laughs> money. <the> cookie dough <laughs> fundraisers. <laughs> okay. You're constantly you're solicited. Dishing you know. out the money for your kids. Yeah. It's like your schools are doing jogathons. They're doing, oh, you have to buy t shirts for the spirit wear. Yes. We just had our spirit wear, and I spent. $30 on a sweatshirt for my son. And then Clem just yelled at me like, why didn't I get one? And I was just like, you little, <laughs> I go to work all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I've tried to explain to my son too, that uh, electricity costs money and water costs money. Oh, he was like angry about it. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just telling you, I, I pay these bills. And so don't leave the sink running. He's, he's actually better than anyone else in the house about turning things off and when he leaves the room. So bless yeah. his little heart. I feel yeah. like we have conversations about, you know, when, when we talk about what we should buy versus what we want to buy, what we need versus what we want. And I can't the, differentiate. I can't either. Ow. And so trying to pass that on to my kids, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, so we should not buy this breakfast sandwich because we want to go to Disneyland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they're like, yeah, let's not buy that breakfast sandwich so we can go to Disneyland. And then two days later, I'm buying breakfast sandwiches. And I just, so I'm trying really hard to impart this frugality. Frugality, but it's really hard. Yeah. It's really hard when your whole society is built around dishing out the money. Yeah. Just pay for everything. Everything's got a price on it. Yep. You know? Like Uh, happiness. Like (laughs) happiness. Exactly. I just want to be comfortable, right? And a little bit funny. Because I feel like I, I'm i in proximity to many very wealthy people, and I've been to U Village. And I do... <laughs> what? F- I know. they. I kept you feeling village. like they were going to kick me out. Like Same thing with Bellevue <laughs> Square. They're like, uh, you're poor and fat, ma'am. Security's going to approach me, and they're like, uh, ma'am... I feel the same way when I go in there, into they're Bellevue like, Square. <laughs> why are you here? There's nothing here for you. You can't buy any clothes here. None of them will fit you, ma'am. 
ma'am, and you're like, I was going to go to Lush and just smell things, or are you going to buy something? <laughs> I don't know, maybe. You've got 10 minutes. I just wanted to go get a hand facial from the really cute little muffin at Lush. Can I do that? Well, are you going to make a purchase? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Bellevue Square makes me feel so weird. I don't go there anymore. I haven't been there in years. I go there and I do I just feel do like it. I'm like a gawking tourist of like, whoa, look at all this shit. <gasps> oh, look, you can buy a fucking Tesla in the mall. Have you? There's a fucking Tesla Is there really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. When you give uh. so little fucks that you're going to spend... <laughs> What are those things like one hundred and fifty thousand dollars on a car? You're like, yeah, that's cool. I just I'll get it in the mall. You know, I'll go buy a. I'm gonna go buy a Tesla today. One hundred and eighty dollar just- <laughs> button down work shirt and a Tesla. I'm, I, I try to tell Jeremy too, though, that I really believe that all these people are just as broke as we are, but the decimal points are just in different places. That is exactly it, and. That's fine. I just, I have happy, no, des- so. I'm fine. I yeah. I don't have a desire to want to live at that decimal point. I mean, well, yeah, a bigger house might be funner so I don't have to see my children like <laughs> quite as much. However, I'm, perfect size. it's I perfect. It's the perfect size, except in the wintertime where it feels like we're all just stuffed in here like little mice in a cage and we can't really escape. And you know what mice do? <laughs> they like eat their young, right? They have too many of them. Yeah, they eat their poop, oh. get more nutrients. Oh. But yeah, money. Kids are expensive. Last night on my way home, we were getting teriyaki on the way home from our school ribbon cutting oh, where Harold lip synced for his life to their theme song. What? Yeah. Wait, what? 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 Yeah, the kindergartners all performed the school song. And so he had to be there. The mayor was there. The um, school board president was there, who I realized was this neighbor that we all give the stink eye to because of some like crazy neighborhood history. And I was like, Mm. oh shit, that lady's our school board president? Okay. (laughs) We went and did that. We we saw the ribbon cutting. I've never, I don't know, I've never seen a ribbon cutting before. They cut a ribbon and it was exciting. And we, cute. And there was a ton of people there. And then we went and got teriyaki on the way home. And there's a judo place next to the teriyaki place and and i also i have to say the man who runs the judo judo studio the judio the judio <laughs> um <laughs> ju- ju- judio. judio i actually took knife throwing lessons from him when i was pregnant with harold nice. and if you want a fucking good time take some take a knife throwing class i want to take knife Woo. throwing classes oh it's so fun how many classes did you take are uh, you pretty good at it yeah really yep Oh, man. It's so fun. I mean, obviously, it's empowering. But you have to use your core. And so I was pregnant, and I was like, I don't think I can do this anymore. And he was really bummed. <laughs> he was like, you're, you're really good at it. Please figure something out where you can still come. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I just, you know, it was when Jeremy was in school and stuff. So I was just like, I, I can't physically keep doing this. And, you know, I, I can't find the time. So it was fun to go see him again. And, uh, and then I ended up, you know, he wanted to chat and... Um, so yeah, gonna maybe get the kids into judo, but that costs money. It's really not that bad, pretty mm-hmm. reasonable. And mm-hmm. then and then Clem takes art classes, and yeah. so yeah. In addition to you want to enrich your kids and kind mm-hmm. of, you know, I want my kids to try things Have and experience things. Yeah, and it all costs money. It all, and then they they keep growing, and they and the clothes, and Ugh. and they eat food and. They want you to drive them places and nickel and dime and you right and left. Ah, Jesus. Kids. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, I I don't, it's not like it's more expensive than I thought, but 
it does. It's just the reality of it. Yeah. Like you think before you have kids, I think you're like, oh, I'm not going to be that parent that <laughs> takes my kids to gymnastics. <laughs> they can just mm-hmm. go on the playground and <laughs> yeah. jump around or whatever. I but my kids, but both of my girls have liked going to gymnastics and they get something out of it. And bodies. They really do. Their life. It's not my body. But they got it from their dad, but they love it. And that shit is so expensive. That is some pricey shit. Are you doing one of the franchises that we won't name? Mm, or is it just an independent I think it's an, it's just here in our in our Bothell area. It's not it's, a franchise. But. So it's weird, too, because I feel like you check, especially the sporty type things, I get the sense that they want to they want to get their hooks into you. Mm-hmm. Like, do you want to do this competitively? No, 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 no. Yeah. I'm like, no, I just Yeah, they offered kids. that for Lexi. They offered to have her do it competitively. She was like, eh, no, yeah. I think I want to try ballet now. So yeah. we're like, okay, nice. you can go ahead and oh, try yeah. that. And ballet. It's oh, like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> really- I was glad that she didn't want to do it yeah. after, you know, the class she took. I mean, she had always wanted to wear the little ballerina yeah. slippers and stuff. So we tried that out and... Try things, right? But, just yeah, try just try. Things. Try stuff. Get out for there a price. <laughs> well, yeah, but even this guy last night, he was like, "Well, do your kids do any other competitive sports?" I think he was trying to figure out if we were going to be able to if, spend the time. But also, I was like, "We're not competitive people. Like none of us are. Yeah, we're, none of us are go getters. Really. <laughs> you know, that's just not that's not who we are. If someone else wants to win, I'm like, okay, you can have it. You know, that's cool. I'm just kind of here for fun. Yeah." Like soccer has come up and I told Clem, I'm like, we will not. Don't be a soccer family. If there is one thing that I could say, because every single person, all the ladies that I know that have their kids in soccer, um, it sucks you. It's like body snatchers. Dry. They're soccer people now. I have to go to a soccer match. Oh, they have a soccer match. Oh, we're going to go soccer. soccer, soccer. We're going to go do soccer practice. Five days a week. We can't do that. We can't do anything else. No, no, you can't. It's insane. I mean, I just... And the better that your kids do, the more it sucks out of you. Yeah. (laughs) I encourage people too. I'm like, you know, especially if even at the age that our kids are at, people are talking with an eye to a college scholarship or college Mm -hmm. assistance. And it's like, get them into a a less popular sport, you know, get them into fencing or crew or... Oh, crew is super cool. Yeah. And and really good for your body. Super good for... Yeah. Pretty low impact and like full body. And it embraces the body type that we all need to celebrate a little bit more, tall and big. And swimming. Clem, I asked her if she wanted you to join the competitive swim team because it's a great, you get a ton of time in the water. I wish that there was more stuff where it's like, I just want an in-between. I want something where it's active and and keeps them busy, but there's not this expectation that this is now going to take over your life. Mm-hmm. Like, can I just marginally participate in things? Mm-hmm. Can I just... <laughs> Can I just dabble? Can I just be a dilettante? Can I just be a Jill of all trades? Why do I have to master one? Don't tell me what to oh do. Oh my gosh. Um, At least this judo place is really close to our house and it's next door to the teriyaki place, so, <laughs> which is a really good teriyaki. I think it's just called like teriyaki walk. Um, with a, And then a mis- mystifying picture of a deer head. I don't know. Oh, that's I, I, so. I just call it Deerhead Teriyaki. Our local uh, teriyaki place is called Teriyaki Best, but nice. they the sign looks like it has a P instead of a B, <laughs> and it's all kind of grainy. 
And the sign is terrible. Yeah. But apparently it's really good teriyaki. If you have good teriyaki, you don't need a good sign. You can just call it pest. I mean, teriyaki, teriyaki pest. pest. <laughs> With like an armadillo waving. <laughs> Little hey cockroaches. Y'all, my teriyaki. Oh, no. They're clean. They're clean. Everything's really clean. Oh, man. But- I don't know if you get a lot of this, but... Do you find that um, I'm not competitive with other moms that put their kids in sports and things like that, but I often hear from other people how they feel the need to get their kids in other sports because other mothers and have decided that their kids need to do tons of things. Do you get that at all? I think the question you have to ask too is, do you want to do a ton of things? Yeah. Do you want to sit in a weird room where there's never enough seating? Yeah. Uh, and like, but I don't, I think that people, there are some people who have kids and they just consign themselves to like consign or resign. They resign themselves to doing whatever their kids want to do. And so they give up that part of themselves. Uh, That's bullshit. I think that that's, I think it's almost like a reason to give up on yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, no, my whole life is about, oh, okay. I'm going into dance mom voice because oh. I've been watching Dancing Queen with Alyssa Edwards. I've never watched like the Dance Mom Dance Mom show, but Alyssa Edwards is a fucking magical, amazing person. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch this show. And, and so she owns a dance studio in Texas and it's not okay. Mm. The way that these women talk to their daughters and talk to each other mm-hmm. and even talk to Alyssa. Mm-hmm. I, it's, they're all, it's just all horrible. I feel like the girls, somebody calls CPS and it starts with day one with what they name these children. Mm. And then, yeah, clearly the pressure is on. They're putting everything onto their child. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have always with everything with the organization and with my home life, it's like, if you're not having fun, let's not do it. Mm-hmm. I also don't understand with dance. Can you name a, a famous dancer? Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers. Well, yeah, but I mean Justin Timberlake. No, he's mostly a singer, though. Uh, I think Justin Timberlake is a singer who can dance. Sigh, huh? From Gangnam Style. Yeah, is he? A, no, he's a singer who can dance, mm-hmm. though. I mean, because you have to do both now. You I, can't just. Are you mean like expressing yourself, dance? Well, is that I what think, you're talking but about? That's what, like, not what these people are about. These my people body. are about winning, 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 winning these trophies. It's almost oh. like the pageant mom thing. Oh. But what I'm saying is, it's like you want your daughter to achieve this fame in in an arena in which. There's no fame to be had. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like to watch the occasional episode of So You Think You Can Dance and mm-hmm. um, because what these people can do is amazing and it's beautiful and I'm not poo-pooing dance at all. Yeah. But I think what upsets me besides the, the verbal abuse is that these girls and it's most, it's, it's all girls. There's like one little boy and these girls are forsaking academics they're forsaking other friendships. They spend all their time doing this. Mm-hmm. And for what at mm-hmm. the end of the day mm-hmm. to, uh, to be one of JLo's backup dancers on tour, mm-hmm. you know, to own yeah. your own studio where you can abuse and berate other seven year old mm-hmm. children, mm-hmm. Yeah. you know? So I'm going to keep watching the show for Alyssa, but oof, the, the dance moms, it, it hurts my heart. Yeah. I hurt for these girls. That is a, that's an, a, um, for me, that's kind of outside of anything that is even remotely in my life is anything like that. Yeah. I don't actually know any of these people. I don't know these people, but I would say that they're in a lesser form. 
that that sort of bleeds into everything that happens with some of the activities that you get your kids into. Yeah. Like when I drop my kids off at gymnastics, there's the moms that are there who are making sure that they're the doing it correctly. Like, that's right, Adrian. Yes, that's right. That's right. Stick it. Stick it. Stick it, Geneva first. <laughs> yes. Like soccer, particularly. So when you go, well, yeah, you run up and down, and then there's just like shouting at the kids. And that's that stuff's real. Like, I don't see how that. Especially when I think it's one thing to like yell at your kid to support your kid, but then when you're yelling at them to like, you know, destroy those motherfuckers on the other (laughs) side, like kill them, get them. Yeah. They (laughs) suck. You're, you know, again, these are children. And as we've said, like your heart lives outside your body yet your child is not an extension of your ego. God, that is fucking poetic. I just, you just made that up. It just came quick. Write that down. It just came out of me like poo poo at a water park. (laughs) (laughs) But I totally, yeah, I totally agree. It's, um, so that's part of, that's part of, you know, what you're, what you're getting into when your kids start getting to an age where they're doing things that they like. And then there's friends of theirs that are doing it. Like their parents have got them in soccer in the fall. They've got whatever in the spring. I don't even know the pattern of it, but like they're just constantly busy. And so these kids are just like desperate for just hanging out. Yeah. And they don't really know how to be bored. You know, it's funny because I had a conversation with a mom at our ensconcement where she was frustrated because I hadn't planned out every moment of mm-hmm. the weekend. And I said, Oh my God, really? Yeah. She was like, Dude, you know, next tell time that I woman really, to talk to me next time. I really think we need to have some activities and some crafts. And fuck I was like, you, you know, Nuh-uh. And, you know no. not fuck her. Cause she's one of the best people I've ever met. Like she's amazing, but I'm sure that I, she's I amazing. She's, I think she kind of, but was, people can be told, fuck you people well, could, in these situations. I, I mean, I think I did laugh in her face, but okay, good. I think it was almost like she felt like they were, they weren't walking away from the weekend with anything or something. And I said, you know, the whole point of this weekend is to mill around yeah. and to relax and to find something to do Yeah, and to just hang out. There is together. so much value in that. Hallelujah. There Amen. is. Let's yeah. give a loud, Ugh. we just high five so hard. Damn. Your hand is stinging. Please do not edit that out <laughs> because that was amazing. I mean, yeah. so it all goes back to like when your kids are here on a Saturday or Sunday or whatever, and they're like, oh, Lord, I don't know what to do. I feel like that they should, that's the value in when you grow up and you're bigger and you have that same feeling, nobody's going to come over to you and say, Hey, do you want to do some arts and crafts? Yeah. Hey, do you want to, do you want to get some, uh, some awards or something? It's yeah. no, no, no. You need to motivate yourself to start something, to make something great, to right. finish something. And they're not going to get that by like fucking rewards or robot dog off of their cookie dough. Mm. They're not going to get that shit. Ugh. I don't, I don't agree. You know, it, it's also too that not only are you being squeezed, but you're being pressured to squeeze your parents mm-hmm. who are already given enough and have already done exactly. their part and everyone, you know, you yeah. know, like guess go aunts, uncles. And it's like, they know well, everything is so immediate. Like with all of these fun drives mm-hmm. that you do, everything is so immediate. Oh, we got to raise this money. Yeah. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. And then they get, they get some money or however much they get. If they get 
the full value of what they want. And then it's just on to the next one. <gasps> Here we go. We're going to raise more money this year. And it's just constantly like never enough. I'm also never really enough. grossed out. Have you ever looked into how much your school actually gets? Yeah. How about that shit? Yeah. Yeah. Like what are we talking like 5%? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's disgusting. It is. It's horrible. So what I've done in the past, you it's know what I do? It's just like the organization. Mm. If we really want to get to talking about to talking about well, selling those yeah. little biscuits. If you do it right, you can get 80 cents a box. Of $5. Well. 80 cents out of 5 I mean, but compared to $5 from the Tupperware and stuff, I don't know. I Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Oh, shit. <laughs> Blue. <laughs> it went away. It'll come back. <laughs> It'll come back. <laughs> I will say nothing. <laughs> you want to talk about... Well, maybe we squeezed that orange dry. Sure. All we right. just meandered and rambled. We did a good job, though. I feel like we, we brought it back to in a couple Let's of ways. Back. Look at us. Okay. We ready to blend that little mogwai? Let's mash it in. Actually, Put it in the blender. Like mm. Never blend, blend mogwai. We only blend gremlins. Yeah. Nice and smooth. Let's make a smoothie. <laughs> it's just like Jamba Juice. I've got an order for Ginger and Elaine. Oh, I got called Carol the other day. That was fun. What? I don't know where it came from. Carol? Yeah, I don't know. Do you look like a Carol? Or? I was not. I called and left a message somewhere about an organization-related activity, and I got an email that was like, Hi, Carol. Thanks for your call. And I was like, hmm, Carol, it's usually Elaine. But <laughs> anyway, time for murder. You ready? So this case, it was requested that I cover by a couple people when I was like, Oh, hey, if you guys have any ideas about stuff we could talk about or oh, interesting good. cases or whatever. So my husband requested it and then a couple other like clients of mine that I was talking to about it. Jesus, I didn't write anything down, did I? Oh, here we go. So... This is the case of Camp Keller. So I don't know if you remember about six years ago that a guy had made a bunker in Snoqualmie National Forest right outside of North Bend. And there was like a, it was a whole freak out about it. Do you remember this at all? It Keep talking. Okay. It might, well, I'll just, it might how click. about if I just tell the story? Okay. Um, set I just want to set the stage. If you remembered it, that would trigger your memory. No, so, I don't probably don't remember. So Peter Keller and his wife were both 41. Her name's, I think it's Lynette. It's like Lynette, but with an extra E. So I'm going to call her Lynette. Or we call her Carol. <laughs> <laughs> That's not her name, but okay. uh, Lynette. But yeah, Lynette. Okay. I'm going to say Lynette. They had been married for 21 years. So, you know, do the math. Married very pretty young, married at 20. And they have a 19 year old daughter named Kayleen and they live in North Bend. And so this case was kind of a McRib. Like last week, the Bothell Hell House was a big juicy steak. Like I'm still trying to edit it because I, when I get excited about something too, I I, I could tell that my mouth couldn't keep up with my brain. And <laughs> there's, there was so much material and I loved all of it so much. And I still just love that. And with this, it was just, there was not much here to the point where I, it was almost creepier because this guy, Peter Keller, I couldn't find anything out about him. There's no 
you know, social media pages. I feel like in this day and age, half the time when they talk about something happening to someone, they always show like a screenshot of their Facebook page and stuff. And none of that for him. He looks like Tim Heidecker from, you know, Tim and Eric playing a character. Okay. So imagine Tim Heidecker playing a character that cuts his own hair and works at a computer repair shop. Okay. That's Peter Keller. So at 8.45 a.m. on the morning of April 22nd, 911 was called because a neighbor spotted smoke coming from their house and their shed was open, which was unusual. The fire trucks and, and the ambulances came and they had to bust open the door because a bunch of stuff had was barricading the front door and they got inside and the house was on fire, but the fire had been contained to the kitchen. It hadn't spread. And inside they found the bodies of Lynette and Kayleen and the cat and the dog. He killed the pets. I don't, I mean, I'm not saying that's like worse, but it's just like, whoa, the kitty couldn't just get rehomed. So I don't. And so he had, he had, he had put a, filled a, a gallon, you know, the gasoline can, he put that on the stove and then like turned the stove on. Um, and then booby Trump trapped the house with some pipe bombs and stuff that didn't go off. Blanetti and Kayleen had both been shot in their beds point blank. You know, it was a Sunday morning. I think they were both just still in bed. So he just shot them like you, Sounds like as they were just laying in bed right behind the ear and the head. Pretty much did the same thing to the cat and dog with a twenty-two. He was nowhere to be found. And so that's why this case was memorable to me because there was a window, I think of about five or six days where he was just at large and they didn't, they couldn't find him. They didn't know where he was. And good police work in this one too, because so he had, I think he thought his whole house was going to be like in cinders by the time the cops came, but because it didn't catch, they pulled a bunch of CPUs and stuff from the house and they found pictures of this project he'd been working on. And they were able to triangulate with the power lines and stuff in the background where he was doing this thing. So he had been working on this bunker in Snoqualmie National Forest in the Rattlesnake Ridge area for eight years. And he would park at different entrance points around the park. And they think he might've been doing some stuff at night and he would drag materials in. And so he had, the bunker had a, it's like an Airbnb and B listing. It's got a cement foundation, a wood burning stove, running water. Oh, he had a generator. So he had electricity and lights. It had three levels to it. Sorry, you can't Airbnb it because the parks department destroyed it. I think they were just, they were worried too about people going to look for it because it was, it was not findable. It's not off a trail. Uh, it was very well camouflaged. Inside the bunker, he had tons of weapons, ammo, IEDs, a bulletproof vest, and tens of thousands of dollars in cash that he had been squirreling away. They figured out where this thing was. They rolled up on him. They blew the top off of it. Because when you look at it, it just looks like a tiny little hole kind of in the side of a hill. So really easy camouflage. But then, yeah, they, they blew the roof off of it. They found him inside and he had shot himself in the head, which was pretty much his plan. So this guy is kind of, he's a cipher. Like, I don't think he had any friends. The people that he worked with described him as a survivalist. They said that they knew that he had guns and they knew that he liked to spend a lot of time out in the woods with his dog. Yeah, it's a like a boring murder is almost more terrifying to me, like a Gary Ridgeway, because I watched his manifesto and he's just, if you didn't know what he was talking about, it's like, he's talking about like, well, I'm going to build a shit out in my backyard this weekend. And 
you know, <laughs> gonna, um, I might hang up, some, make some deer jerky. And, and then it culminates with him saying, well, I can always shoot myself. I'm okay with that. If, you know, if that's what it comes down to. The level of like disconnection, I feel like this is a human who's just not connected mm-hmm. to any other human in a way. Lynette had had a back injury and so she was unable to work. They never fought. He hadn't been in contact with his family since November. So he's not really close with his family. I mean, November to April, that's a long time to just not talk to anyone in your family kind of. I mean, Is it? If you have a if you have a healthy relationship. Oh. I don't know. He's just this kind of non-person. I understand. I feel like I know a couple of people in my family that are maybe a little like Yeah. People like this really creep me out. Like there's one in my neighborhood too. Like I've got a bunch of retired Boeing engineers in my neighborhood and some of them kind of give me bunker vibes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So my, why did they ever, so they caught him. Well, he he shot himself in the head. Oh, oh, that's right. I think he, 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 they found his body. I couldn't find any information about like the state of rigor mortis or anything. So I think he basically heard the cops coming because they rolled in, you know, oh, okay. hard. And so he killed himself more because he got caught, yes. not because it was some sort of plan. That was his plan. If if he started getting caught, was to just okay, shoot himself. So but he mentions like robbing banks and stuff. So I don't know. It sounds like his plan was just to like go live in his bunker and rob banks. But at the same time, like you've got tens of thousands of dollars in cash already. What are you going to do with it? You're not going anywhere. You're not absconding. And I do think that it was like he had worked himself up into this mindset because I like to think that he loved his daughter. He loved his wife. He definitely loved his dog. That's one thing that his coworkers mentioned. So this happened on a Sunday. He called in sick to work Monday, Thursday, and Friday. When he saw one of his coworkers on Wednesday, they were like, oh, well, when are you coming back? And he says something like, I don't know, maybe tomorrow, maybe next week, maybe never. And they were just kind of like, what? Oh, okay, okay, well, I'm gonna go. Okay, so why? The CPU. Okay, why did he? Why did he do this? Do we? Is there speculations as to what was I, it? A manic snap? No, or no. I think was it, it just was like, just the I'm world just gonna is so do this awful. Today. I'm gonna, I love. He had planned it for a very, very long time. So I think the world is just awful, and I don't. I want to save my wife and my daughter and my pets. You know. It's like a murder-suicide with the suicide part kind of being delayed. I mean, I dug and I dug and I dug. That's why I say this this case is a McRib. Like, there's kind of nothing hmm. really there because there's, so why no, because there's nothing to him. So why go this whole effort of – because it sounds like making a huge bunker like that would be a big deal. Like, why not bring your, yeah. your family up to the bunker and do it? Yeah. They just knew that he loved to be out in the woods all the time. I kind of get the feeling too, that it's one of those deals where he just is going through the motions and he's got a wife and he's got a daughter, you know, he got married so young because it's like, well, this is what you do. This so how is old what was he? Th- what is it? 45 or 41. something? 41. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Younger than both of us yeah. right now. That's fun. But yeah, he'd be on weekends. He would be up there from 10 AM to 4 PM pretty much all the time. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. He was controlling and cagey with money with Lynette. And that was one thing that his coworkers mentioned that he would hide. He did hide all the guns he was buying from her just because guns are expensive. And he didn't want her to know that he was spending all this money. He mostly used a debit card, but then on the 
it sounds like the day before the murders, he withdrew 6,200 in cash from the bank. I mean, fully like SWAT teams dropping from helicopters. Goon, 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 goon. They found his Toyota Corolla abandoned in the North Bend library parking lot with the keys in the ignition. No signs of being stolen. I think he just left it there. That's the problem, right? That's what's so unsettling. There was no mania. There was no nothing. It was all just very calm and very deliberate and very like, well, this is what I gotta do. And, uh, you know, like just oh, painting the yeah. garage, taking out the trash. Like it's, it's spooky. So I wonder what if, I mean, this is all speculation, of course, but so the wife then, I just want, I want to know what it was like for her for 21 years. Did she like, what kind of a sociopath was she? I mean, obviously her husband is not capable of having normal social relationships. I think it's like someone pretending to be a human. Yeah. You know? So I think he did just enough and maybe she's maybe imposter she's, syndrome. Is that kind of what we're talking about? Like I don't know. having, so you know about imposter syndrome, right? It's like when you like, let's say you get a job at a, tech company and something that you really like, or just an example. Mm -hmm. And then you work there for a year and you, you have this kind of feeling that you're not really doing it. You're kind of just pretending like somebody who does it. Mm. It's an actual thing. Like a lot of people have it with their trade or Mm -hmm. their career or things that they do for a living. Hmm. So maybe it's something like that. Like maybe he's just feeling like an imposter person. He did say in his, I guess you could call it his video manifesto. I actually, I I had to stop watching it because it was just, it was triggering me. But he said normal civilian life was just freaking him out. He just didn't want to do it anymore. Hmm. So again, I'm unclear as to like what he envisioned was going to happen next and exactly why his wife and daughter and yeah, why did they have to to die yeah if it was like to spare them embarrassment i don't know i don't i mean that's that's the problem like i dug and dug and dug no one never wrote anything down or no just this video where again he just is laying out what he's doing but he doesn't quite really say why i mean that's the thing oh wait he has a video talking about how he's gonna kill them nine minute video manifesto Oh, I'm talking about the whole thing. Oh, yeah. okay. Links in the link in the show notes. Creepy. Yeah, I mean it's super creepy because it's not. It's almost like it's not a choice. It's just this thing that he has to do. Mm-hmm. And I think a couple times he's even like, "Oh, I wish I didn't have to do this." Like compulsion. He seems compelled, but to plan it for so long, yeah. I, and and who knows? Maybe in that eight years he vacillated. Maybe there were times where he was like, "Oh, maybe I won't murder my family." Um, it sounds like Lynetti's family would come over and, and he would, he would cook them food and then he would just go take a nap. So he, he didn't hang out. He didn't really want to visit. Where's that line between extreme introvert and creepy as fuck? Okay. Well, when I say that I know people like this, I feel like my stepdad is, it has this exact sort of thing mm-hmm. where it just to a T, like mm. kind of just seeing the world from, behind a closed door sort of thing and interacting with (laughs) interacting with him is very is very unique he's from the midwest he grew up in nebraska his dad died when he was really young and he had five brothers and then his mother passed away when he was like in his 30s or something Mm -hmm. and and all of his brothers kind of 
had the exact same sort of persona of just very dry, very observational mm-hmm. about things. Distanced. Distanced. Yeah. Un- mm-hmm. Kind of uninvolved. Not present. Yeah. Just very, in family gatherings, same exact situation, wouldn't really interact. Mm-hmm. I kind of wonder because I feel like there's something sort of uniquely male about this. I don't feel like, like, what's the female counterpart of this? Like weird cat lady? Maybe. Because at least she's- Hoarder. Yeah, okay. Maybe kind of a hoarding personality. Because these these guys scare me. My husband works with a bunch of them, just these like single dudes and they're like fifties and sixties. And yeah. I think I think part of it too is because I listen to so much and watch and watch yeah. and read so much true crime stuff that uh-huh. a lot of the times I feel like this is the guy that is planning something weird that does go off the rails that like a Steven Paddock, Las Vegas shooter guy. Uh I often, when I see that dude just standing silently over in the corner at a family gathering with his aviator frame glasses, I, I go to a place where I'm like, I imagine what's going on in his head is like, I'm going to fucking kill all you people, (laughs) you know, like, and then you'll see, you know, and I think it's a, it's almost like adult incel. Like it's, it's a facet of incel of like they f- maybe they feel rejected by a society that they never really tried to engage with in the first place. Mm. Yep. And a refusal yeah. to kind of participate in society. I mean, on the other hand, like you do you, if wife, kids, picket fence, spouse of whatever gender doesn't work for you, that's fine. I love a weirdo, but there's something about this very specific flavor of weirdo. Uh-huh. And I feel like half the time, People like this also frequently turn out to be pedophiles, you know, mm-hmm. which is again, a thing that I think it's like, they have this horrible thing that they're into and then it isolates them and then they get weirder. And yeah, now thanks to the internet, they can find other people. Do are, you get, I don't know, this is kind of off topic, but do you get um, police reports that talk about sex offenders that yes. live in your neighborhood the, the and cards. Those are fun. So we get, we get updates like, um, frequently about, uh, you know, in email and stuff. So <clears throat> there are a few, there are a few people on that list kind of near our neighborhood and they have pictures of them and everything. And, and there's one gentleman that I occasionally actually see at the grocery store occasionally. Mm-hmm. And I know what he looks like because I've burned his face into my memory mm-hmm. of like, do not, you know, yeah. go, do not let my kids around this yes. block of yeah. where that is. And they're just, I mean, it, what's crazy to me is that it's, they're just people. It's just a person. Of course. And they're not a slathering, drooling monster. No. And you think about that when you, yeah. and that's what you think when you hear these atrocious stories is that it's just something couldn't happen to you or so you wouldn't know somebody like that, but. Well, they are monsters. I mean, this is, this is, I think where werewolves and vampires. And I think, so last podcast on the left is doing the West Memphis three murders where three little boys were horrifically murdered or mutilated in, I think it's Arkansas. And the town is freaking out and blaming Satanists because they can't imagine that a human, like just a normal human could do, do these things. Like that. And so I think kind of throughout history, these myths of these like mm-hmm. cannibalistic monsters come up because it's so awful and difficult to imagine that just your neighbor that you converse with, that you're like, mm-hmm. Hey, how's it going? Nice day. You know, is fantasizing about molesting yeah. your children. Like we've gotten those postcards and I do this. I, I literally hold it in front of my face and I, try to memorize that person's face yeah. and yeah and then they give you like just enough of the address to <laughs> to make yeah. you like freak out yep 
yeah, there was one guy that my husband even stopped and talked about car stuff with. He was, he looked like a young, normal dude with a buzz cut. And I know, I know that was the guy. <sighs> also too, yeah. those sex offender things too. Like it's hard. Cause I don't know if they give you the level. And so you're like, well, did oh, they you- do. They tell you the details of it. Like they say that it was that he was looking at, pornographic pictures or of my, I don't know if mine get that detailed. Okay. You could, I think they just, they give you like the charge, but you know, so it's like, well, did he have a 17 year old boyfriend when he, or girl boyfriend or girlfriend when he was 19? Yeah. Like, or yeah. Did he assault a child? You know, they, they give a, ours does it, which I thought it was Washington state. Like I was pretty sure it was a Washington state. I haven't gotten one in a long time. So that's cool. That is good. I feel like our little town of Bothell has, um, just in the last five or six years, I talked to a lot of people that lived around here for a long time. And, yeah. And they say, oh, we used to hear sirens like once a month and now we hear them every day. Oh, geez. Okay. But I feel like we get these these um, these notifications a lot more often. Okay. So this is going to sound weird, but I watched, there's a movie from a long time ago with Kevin Bacon called The Woodsman. And it's about a guy who's a sex offender and he gets out of jail and he's trying to live his life. And so there is a part of me that it's like, you know. Oh, yeah. I totally get that because there's some things that you get and it's like, oh, well, when this kid was 19, he had sex with a 16-year-old or yeah. something. And they are a registered sex offender because, you know, you can't do that. But, yeah. And so you know that there's those type of people. But then you also know <laughs> there's the other there's the other people. But, yeah, these things can follow them around. Like you're going to be a registered sex offender yeah. for a very long time. It's not, I'm not saying it's undeserved, but at the same time, like, I don't know. It's a really good movie. I recommend people watch it because yeah, you have this thing. I think so often it's because they themselves were abused. Mm -hmm. And so in a weird way, it's like, these are still humans and I still have empathy for them, but I definitely am going to steer clear. I mean, the one guy, his, his house was right on the, the path. Like we can't, walk home from the school without going past this house. Mm. So I think he's moved back out, but usually know. they don't. Well, I don't know how close you live to your school, but usually they don't let them live within a certain radius of the school. Well, we have to walk past it. So we have to walk about three quarters of a mile okay. and the house is on oh. that pathway. And it's like, no matter which way we take, we go past this house. Ugh. I don't want my daughter to be anybody's grace, bud. Yeah. You know, so it's, tricky, sticky, terrifying world. Don't you occasionally encounter some guy that it's like you're dead behind the eyes, something ain't right. Mm -hmm. Everything, all Mm -hmm. of your female Mm self-protective. I don't think we, I I think that there are people who can listen to that. And I think that there's people that definitely can't, but my radar is pretty strong Mm. for that kind of stuff. Heck yeah. There's a a gentleman at the grocery store who (laughs) I wouldn't say that he's like sociopathic, but I, she just rubs me the wrong way. He's always mm-hmm. giving cookies to the kids. And every time he come, we go into the grocery store, he's like, Hey kids, want a cookie? Let me give you some stickers. And it took me a very long time to trust that that person probably was okay. Mm-hmm. But I was just, I still don't let him let my kids take cookies from him. Cause I'm like, don't set up a pattern of you taking. You like rubbed his dick on him or something? <laughs> I think he's legit, like just trying to give, like, like he, he likes his job. He likes giving things to little kids, but I don't, I don't like the precedent that it sets up that 
you go somewhere and you take a cookie from some guy who's really nice at the store. That's a constant struggle. Or like, here, let me give you some stickers. Oh, you don't want the stickers? Just take them anyway. I don't like that. Teaching (laughs) kids to have the ability to interact with adults Mm -hmm. in an appropriate way. Mm -hmm. Like, I hate when someone says hello to my kids and they they hide behind me or it's like you, this is a life skill. If someone says hello to you, mm-hmm. you need to say hello back. Yes. You don't have to touch them. You don't have to shake their hand, nope. but you need to ha- be respectful and polite. That doesn't mean getting in the van. It doesn't mean doing anything Dude, you don't want to do. I find no adult that, ever needs help from a child. I find that that's a, a really tricky thing with my preteen is that I want her, like if somebody says hello, I want her to assert and say hello back because it kind of like it, plants you down. I have a confidence yes. that I am going to respond to you instead of not saying anything and looking shy and timid yeah. and vulnerable. It's really hard for me when she does that because I want her to stick up for herself if there's ever a time when she has to really respond in a situation like that, you know? Yeah. Isn't that yeah. sick? It's so it's- sick that you have to actually Think can, about these things. You know, yeah, you could. You don't even have to be friendly. Just be cordial, be polite when someone's looking direct, like at, directly at you. And yeah, and it needs to start now because it's yeah. not going to get any easier. Yeah, and then you do become a fucking weirdo. Uh-huh. And I'll tell you what, like I didn't learn those skills until I got my first job, and I almost got fired because I didn't have social skills. Really? Because I was so shy and I could not speak, and they called me the little mouse, and so. That's when I became who I am now, where it was like, okay, if, because I had kept everything so shut down and inside and my walls were up because every time I had spoken and, and expressed myself in my life in school and stuff, I would get made fun of and mm. called weird. Mm-hmm. And so I had to make a decision to basically let my freak flag fly and just let the chips fall where they may mm-hmm. or keep myself shut down and be seen as like antisocial and kind of rude, you know? I mean, that's the thing too, is like looking back, people thought that I was snobby. Yeah. I think you get, I think that it turns into she's shy. And then when she reaches a certain age, she's snobby, Mm -hmm. but you're still the same person. This, I mean, 12. Yeah. She needs to, I know she knows me and half the time I'm like, Hey, and she's just like, no. Yeah. But I feel, I feel like it's the same thing. Like she's got a really whacked out like imagination that I think that only certain of now we're talking about my, my daughter, That's but, fine. but, um, a parenting but more, but, but Ish, I think that she I has know. some friends that really do understand exactly her personality and, and she feels super comfortable she's and they guarded. She's goofy. very guarded. She's so guarded. Harold's the same way too. Like if once he lets loose, he is hilarious. Yeah. He is so fucking funny. Yeah. But he is very, very guarded and he only lets that fly at, at home and at yeah. school he is barely audible and he still will not interact with anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, his teacher has to use the microphone. And I think so. I think this were so I was similar to you, like when to fly your freak flag and when to to shut it down. I chose the freak flag option. And then I was always labeled as somebody who was like a go-getter, like <laughs> somebody who um, who is like the life of the party. And then when you don't want to be the life of the party, it's like, fuck, I have to be the life of the party now. Blah. See, I thought you were an extrovert because yeah, your, your chosen profession and because, right. yeah, you've always struck me as being very friendly and uh-huh. 
Yeah. You know, and I struggle, I struggle with anxiety (laughs) and depression. Yeah. And, um, that is something I've always struggled with. So when you see your kids have those, have those dilemmas and you try very hard to not let the apple fall very far from the tree, it still does. It just, yeah. Something that you always have to. So, I think we should table that. I think that maybe we should talk about some big of that. Feelings. Big feelings. <laughs> Wait, we should what? make a podcast about that. Oh what? my god! <laughs> I feel like instead of saying goodbye to people lately, I, I want to end every conversation with like, "Thanks, kids, uh, rate and review on iTunes." Bye. So yeah, give us rate and review us. I mean, five stars would be great, but I don't know. If you think we suck, then give us one. Be honest. Because I still can't figure out if, if we are doing a good job. Here's or what if- you can do. You can give us one one star and say that you just can't stop listening <laughs> and that it's a problem because well, that's if you're not able to cope anymore. If, if you if you hate <laughs> this podcast, that's fine. Tell everybody how much you hate it and how awful Absolutely. it is. Absolutely. Or give it five stars on iTunes because iTunes apparently controls everything. So we are Big Feelings Pod uh, on everything. So okay. you can email yep. us, bigfeelingspod at gmail, and we're on the Instagram. Mm-hmm. Ginger is the captain of our Twitter feed. And you can see how much I love it because oh, there's nothing on there. Please do it. Um, <laughs> and so I'm trying to keep up with like putting pictures on Instagram that go with our cases. So I'll definitely have to put a picture up of uh, Peter Keller slash yes. Tim Heidecker. I just, every time Ugh. I saw him, I just Ugh. saw Tim Heidecker doing one of his characters and... So I, it was hard because I watched that whole manifesto through that lens, which made it kind of weirder and more unsettling. So, yeah, right. we're, we're doing it. We're officials Sweet. on the socials. So interact with us if you want. If you have any fun, weird story ideas, send them to the Gmail. And oh, my gosh, you guys, thank you so much for the support and the encouragement. And I feel like we got off to such a way better start than I thought. And it kind mm. of is terrifying. Like I, <laughs> I never imagined that anyone would listen. And then people actually, the more positive the feedback's got, the more I'm like, Oh shit. What if I, what if I shit the bed now? What if, what if, you know, well, it'll make a good story. Just and put it in the turd talk, <laughs> turd talk with, with Lorraine. Okay. Okay. Bye.